Fire Nation in the house, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1598 of EO Fire, where I'm chatting with today's most successful entrepreneur seven days a week, and we have a free eight-day goals course for you, Fire Nation, freegoalscourse.co, get goal-focused. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Bill Colloran. Bill, are you prepared to ignite I am prepared. Let's go. <laughs> Bill is the CEO of Answer Dash, a Seattle-based SaaS startup company that offers a unique customer support platform on the web in mobile apps and via chatbot. Answer Dash is his third as a CEO, having sold one company and led another for 14 years prior to its IPO. Bill, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. I started out as an engineer, um, worked in uh, hardware, actually, designing uh, silicon chips. I got my PhD doing that at UCLA and, uh, and then uh, went on to law school, of all things. Um, it seemed like a natural progression, given that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and not uh, just on the, uh, on the technical side. Uh, so after going uh, back to Harvard for law school, I was an investment banker for a number of years doing the dot-com boom in uh, the Bay Area. And that was a fascinating opportunity to see uh, kind of how things are done. But um, I always wanted to be on the on the principal side. Uh, the uh, investment bankers are kind of enablers of the process, but I wanted to be the guy that was doing it. And so uh, I got an opportunity to run my first startup, which was a company that made Bluetooth chips. And that was something that tied nicely into my technical background. And I had uh, the, the legal chops and the financial chops. So I was able to step right in for, with some of my colleagues from UCLA and uh, get that company going. And uh, after a few years, we uh, sold it for a very nice outcome to a, a big uh, a semiconductor company called Broadcom. And then after that, I moved up to Seattle and got into another one and uh, uh, really enjoy it up here. It's a, a beautiful uh, part of the country and um, uh, enjoy uh, spending time with my uh, my wife and two kids when I'm not working. Yeah, I was stationed in Fort Lewis, Washington for oh, a little while go. back in yeah. 2002. So it's been a while, but mm-hmm. very fond memories of the area. Love it. And we're going to really get into your journey, Bill, as we kind of dive deeper into this interview. But before we do, let's kind of talk right now today. What would you consider your area of expertise? I think my area of expertise is kind of generally in being able to spot technology trends and marshal the resources to uh, to kind of pursue them in, in a business-like fashion. So I've got a pretty broad breadth of experience in both technology as well as all the other things that are needed for startups. So I'm kind of a more generic startup guy. Um, uh, today, I'm in a software company, as you described at the top, uh, but I've got a lot of background in, in hardware and semiconductor companies as well. So it's really spotting the uh, the technology trends and how they match up with markets, I'd say, is, is pretty, pretty much the, uh, the focus. Okay, so within that, within that area of expertise, what's something mm-hmm. that we don't know likely that we should know? Over the course of my career, in many different instances, it's always become more and more evident to me that I should always, and I think entrepreneurs in general, should always be thinking through what their plan B is. And and the plan B, the thinking it through, could even be theoretical. And I don't mean plan B like if this current uh, enterprise doesn't succeed. I mean plan B of, well, what if my big customer that I'm working doesn't land? Or what if this great recruit that I'm going after, I can't land them? Or uh, what if uh, the terms that these VCs present to me aren't acceptable or, or aren't the valuation isn't what I would expect? I think um, working through your plan B, your, your next best alternative, and, and thinking through those details – 
even if it doesn't come to having to rely on that plan B, many times just thinking through what the alternatives are gives you a lot more clarity of focus around the task at hand, around you know the factors that will allow you to land that great candidate or how you can better negotiate uh, terms with that venture capital firm or uh, you know, having a credible plan B um, will cause them to get more competitive with their offer. So it's kind of always thinking one step ahead about what what the alternative is to your biggest challenge. It, it kind of broadens up the thinking and sometimes makes hard problems easier to solve. Always being one step ahead of Fire Nation. And I love how Gary Vaynerchuk is always saying, put yourself out of business every single day because it's better if you put yourself out of business virtually than somebody actually doing that. So always be thinking in that one step ahead mentality. Now, Bill, let's kind of shift to your journey as an entrepreneur. And again, you've had some great successes. You've had some stunning failures as we all have as entrepreneurs. And that's what I want to focus on now is one of those failures. And not just any one of those failures, but your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Take us there, Bill. Tell us that story. This was at um, my, my last company. It was a company called Impinge. Um, we were developing uh, semiconductor chips, and we were focusing on telecommunications applications. And this is back in, uh, call it 2001. And uh, just around that time, the dot-com boost had happened. But, you know, we were on the telecom side, so we were at least one step away from that. We were developing chips that would go into cellular base stations and those sorts of things. And uh, that was still what we thought was a reasonably hot area. And we were pursuing some customers, I, I'll say, it was either Nortel or Lucent, I forget which one, but let's say it was Nortel, and had some dialogue ongoing with some of their engineers, and we were showing them our products and how well they performed and it would in, increase bandwidth of their systems and all good stuff. And then one time we called back for a follow-up, and the people that we had been working with, the, the main engineer, had been laid off. And... That was the beginning, really, of the telecom meltdown, which is kind of in the 2001, late 2001 timeframe. And we realized that what we had been working on for the past two years and where we thought we had this great technical advantage didn't really matter anymore because very shortly after that, people were calling into question whether companies like Nortel and Lucent would even make it or if they would go bankrupt. And so we had two and a half years of work that was pretty much not going to be worth anything. And there was some great soul searching and, you know, we were canvassing the landscape for, well, what else can we do? And that was pretty dire. That was where we had picked a market and had pursued it and worked long and hard and came up with great products and the market just wasn't there. And we were pretty devastated for a, a number of months there. It was a tough time. Well, it sounds like that might have been where your initial plan B mentality was born. But <laughs> well, that, was, that was one of them. Yeah, yeah sure, certainly. <laughs> what, what is that main lesson, though, that you want Fire Nation to get from that story? Well, this one actually kind of spun in a little bit of a different direction. I mean, we, we quickly realized that anything that we did to make our product better or evolve it and, and any of those things were were just minor nuances compared to the 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 massive shifts that were that were un, we were undergoing in the telecom market broadly and there just wasn't going to be an opportunity to sell our product for several years in, in all likelihood and so that's where we kind of had to decide well we're going to have to pivot and at that time, we didn't even know what to pivot to. And I'll say in that time, even the phrase of pivoting wasn't wasn't very right. well known. But basically, we had to we had to kind of rip up our, our business plan, take stock of what we had in terms of technology and people and uh, and and look at new markets. And uh, we under undertook a 
boy, it was probably a three-month process and looked at literally dozens of markets and uh, eventually selected one, which was RFID, which at the time was was really in its infancy and had a lot of uh, opportunity. And our technology was a really good fit. And we said it's a, it's a different journey, but it's going to be an exciting one. And we kind of marshaled all the resources and, 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 and rallied the crew and turned the ship and, and headed off in a new direction. And um, you know, for the next 12 years or whatever it was, we were an RFID company and it had a happy outcome. Um, and so that's one of those where, you know, the, the, the worst days, I, I, I tell people a lot, uh, being an entrepreneur is like being on a roller coaster. Um, and I say, never get too excited on the good days because, you know, it's, it's never, uh, 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 straight up into the right journey and never get too depressed on the bad days because, you know, better days will come. And, uh, in, in that, probably six or eight month window, we had the worst of the worst when our, when our market disappeared. Uh, we, we retargeted and pivoted the company and it really turned into something that was exciting because we had this kind of boundless horizon in front of us and we had talented and dedicated people. And, and so we were on a, a new exciting journey and we left the other one behind, although not without some, uh, some kind of mental and emotional scars along the way, but, uh, that's, that's part of the whole roller coaster. So Fire Nation, as Bill alluded to earlier, this was before the days of the lean startup, before like pivots was the cool yeah. thing to do <laughs> and the minimally viable product wasn't really a concept. But guess what? This is the world we live in now. We can learn from all the years gone by. I mean, we can learn stuff reading back all the way in Rome's history about you know how their empire grew and then crumbled because that's what happens. History will repeat itself if we don't learn from past mistakes. Now, Bill, what I kind of want to do is shift right now to another another one of your stories, another one of your moments in your journey, this one being one of your greatest ideas, one of your aha moments. Now, of course, what you just explained was one of those, how you made that shift and that pivot. That was cool. But you've had a lot. So what's what's one that you think is going to resonate with our listeners, Fire Nation? I, I described the pivot and and I, I think the lesson that I took away from that and, and this, you know, they kind of emerge over time, but it was probably six or nine months later when we're working hard and putting together new plans around this this newfangled RFID market and uh, we had an opportunity to establish a leadership and so on. And and the real takeaway from that was in a lot of ways, um, it doesn't matter what your product is and what your market is. I, I mean, that sounds silly, but but what I'm getting at is we had a great team and we had committed, talented people that were working hard and wanted to achieve something. And so the fact that we had to do this pivot, which is the term now, but at the time, you know, we didn't have that terminology, as you pointed out. The fact that we had the, the best team and the best people and, and kind of motivation and passion and so on you can kind of accomplish anything you set your mind to. And and again, that sounds a, a bit Pollyannish, but that was really my takeaway. So those were some of the most exciting times, the most uh, enjoyable times, the, the, the most inspiring times is shortly after we made this decision that, you know, we had to burn the boats. We're not, we're not going to be a company making chips for telecom anymore. What, what are we going to do? And, um, you know, the realization that where there's a will, there's a way. And, and, and when you have talented people, you can accomplish it. Uh, that was really something that I think allowed us to hang together during those tough months. And we came out of it much stronger, much better equipped, uh, frankly, with a, with a better market opportunity. Um, and so really, 
my, my aha moment, and it wasn't a moment, it was an aha, you know, un, un, unveiling over several months, was that it's really about the team. And if you can uh, inspire the team that, that you're going after something worthwhile, you know, sky's the limit. And, you know, again, it sounds kind of Pollyannish, but this was a real world example where, where that was, uh, that was in- incredibly true. I like the phrase, bet on people, not on products, because the world is always going to change. The economy is going to shift, people's needs, desires, wants. It's just always going to be in flux. But if you bet on people, if you have the right people on your ship, in your boat, then you'll be able to adjust to those things. This product might come and go. Look what happened to BlackBerry. Look what happened you know, to other pro- products like that that were in everybody's pocket and now are literally in nobody's pocket. But guess what? If BlackBerry had the right team together, they probably wouldn't have faced such a devastating fall off a cliff as they did. So think about that. Bet on people, not on products. Bill, that's my takeaway. What do you want to make sure Fire Nation gets from that story? I, I think you pulled it together right. It's it, it's but it's two things. It's it's betting on the people is absolutely right, and and having the right team and so on. Um, but being able to create that that common vision um, that they're all striving for and what it is they're trying to achieve. So having the right people and having them motivated in the right direction is a, is an awesome one two punch. So let's talk about today, Bill, because again, you've been on this journey and now here you are. What are you most fired up about right now? You know, I'm really most fired up about what's going on in artificial intelligence. And when I say what's going on, I mean that across a number of dimensions. I mean, it, not only the the technology that's being evolved, the open source tools that are being made available, the the products that are coming out there, the, the amount of investment, the buzz. Uh, I'm I'm really inspired by where um, where things are headed. In, in artificial intelligence, machine learning, however, whatever you want to call it, um, and, and, and the changes that we're going to see both as uh, players in the tech community and as just plain old consumers over the next, you know, four, five, six, eight years, whatever it might be, there's going to be awesome changes. And, and, and we're seeing them almost, you know, every week there's a new announcement, a new product. Um, that's, that's something that's really exciting to me. And, um, interestingly, it plays into what I'm doing here at AnswerDash. It plays into what I've done at previous stops along the way in my career and, and semiconductors. Um, I think there's a lot of exciting stuff at, at AnswerDash. We're doing some work with AI on our, our latest chatbot offering. Um, but, uh, but I'm looking at it from different angles, software, hardware, uh, just the markets that it will enable the, the areas where AI can be applied to, to make a difference in, in kind of our everyday lives. There's just a lot of exciting stuff out there. In Fire Nation, I mean, that's why I just say patience because, you know, we all seem to just be kind of freaking out of like, I miss this, I miss that. Well, guess what? The next great thing is right around the corner. If you just keep your finger on the pulse, you're going to find it. And if you position, position yourself correctly, guess what? You have an opportunity to take great advantage of what's coming down the road. Now, take advantage, Fire Nation, of the lightning round that's coming right up after we thank our sponsors. What do aging gray hair, a poor metabolism, and mediocre work performance have in common? They're all linked to stress. As entrepreneurs, we tend to carry around a lot of stress. Check this out. There are two hormones in your body that are in charge of stress, adrenaline and cortisol. So when you feel stressed out at work, these two hormones are going crazy. The good news is there are herbs and superfoods that can help, like Organifi Green Juice. Organifi Green Juice is a mix of 11 stress 
stopping organic herbs. And because I love Organifi so much, I've bargained for a coupon just for you. Visit Organifi.com and save 20% with promo code FIRE. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com, promo code FIRE. Fire Nation, I talk to entrepreneurs every single day, and regardless of their industry, they're all looking for financial resources to help them get to that next level. City National Bank's been supporting small businesses since 1954, but they're not like other big banks. They deliver the same personal service to small businesses that most banks only reserve for the big fish. Why is that? City National was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. They know firsthand that small businesses need financial support to succeed. So if If you need to borrow money to expand or you want more control over your money, check them out. Visit cnb.com slash fire. Once you experience the city national difference, you'll see why they're the bank that's built on client referrals. Again, visit cnb.com slash fire. City National Bank member FDIC. Bill, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I think so, yeah. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I don't think anything. Um, from the time I was in graduate school, I was doing entrepreneurial things, uh, consulting, setting up small businesses and so on. So I think I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, maybe the one thing that delayed me jumping in whole hog, I guess I'll say, is I felt like I needed to get uh, my technical and kind of financial underpinnings. I, I felt like I had to kind of have some level of expertise to jump out uh, into the real world and, and, and become a full-time entrepreneur. And um, I think there's something to that, but I guess maybe if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't, um, I'd focus more on, on the doing and not the preparing and, and maybe get in uh, a, a little bit sooner. But, uh, you know, things worked out fine as it was. And um, I've always had the entrepreneurial mindset. And, uh, and so I got started even in grad school. I was, you know, doing, doing side, side projects in grad school uh, to, to kind of feed my entrepreneurial dreams. What is the best advice you've ever received? It was probably um, the best way to get a promotion into a job is to do that job first. Meaning, you know, Roll up your sleeve, chip in, just start taking on more responsibility, and soon enough someone will look up and say, well, heck, of course we'll give him the promotion or her the promotion. They're practically doing the job anyway. And so kind of always look to to do stuff first, and and the promotion and and other things will follow. And and I I think that works out in a lot of different ways. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Uh, I read a lot and I read a, a, a lot of broad things. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that just not only does it have, you have a prepared and open mind, but it exposes you to lots of things. And, and the, it, it's the damnedest thing that, you know, you're reading something that for the first time and you see how it fits into something else you're doing. And there always seem to be connections out there. Um, so just kind of read a lot and read broadly. And, uh, that, that gives you a prepared mind. Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? I don't know if this um, fits in with the like Evernote, but there's an interesting website that I go to occasionally. That's uh, it's called Wait But Why, and um, the author there is a blogger, and he doesn't post every day or every week, but um, he, he has kind of deep, insightful articles that he writes about interesting topics. And I don't know, maybe it's uh, once a month he'll post something, and it's it's not the three minute blog read. It's like you know an hour and a half or two hour read on a certain um, topic that's always eye opening. Um, and so I, I look at the new postings there. Um, I look forward to them a lot. Yeah. And there's a reason why he posts once a month because he puts an unbelievable amount of time <laughs> yeah. 
into it's every pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an unbelievable amount of time. In fact, yeah. I know I know his backstory a little bit. It's a great backstory. Uh, Tim Urban, you know, he he tried that thing of like just posting, you know, quote unquote, nice blog posts very consistently, and he just kind of faded into the crowd. But then he said, you know what, I'm going to spend. 80 hours on one article as opposed to 80 minutes on one article and see what happens. And everything changed because then everybody wanted to read it because it was amazing. And and Elon Musk contacted him and said, can you write my story? I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) And it's not going to happen to everybody, Fire Nation, but quality does trump quantity on a lot of occasions. Now, if you could recommend one book, Bill, what would it be and why? I would go with Thinking Fast and Slow, um, which is probably familiar to a lot of people by Daniel Kahneman. Um, uh, the fascinating thing, uh, aspect of that for me is uh, he got a Nobel Prize in economics, um, but he's actually a psychologist, not an, not an economist. So um, uh, it's just it, it, it has lots of insights about how we human beings think and act, and uh, it's, it's real eye-opening, and um, it, it's, it's just a great read. Bill, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance. The best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Best way is to just uh, send me a, a, an email either on LinkedIn or um, you can send it to my personal email account, which is william.collarin at gmail.com. That's, that's always pretty easy. Um, I guess the, the kind of parting guidance would be that being, entre- being an entrepreneur is a marathon, um, and it's, it's usually not glamorous, I would say. I mean, there's, there's super high highs that you can't achieve any other way, at least that I'm aware of, or, or with my limited skill set, not being a professional athlete or whatever. <laughs> um, and because it's a marathon, I think you kind of have to plan accordingly. Um, you don't just jump in cause it seems cool. Um, Warren Buffett had some interesting advice. He said, envision what you want to look like when you retire at age 70 and then work backwards from there. And, um, so there's lots of things that fall from that about, you know, creating what your priorities are and achieving the right kind of, of, of work-life balance, which is always difficult. Um, and at the end of the day, it comes down to doing stuff that you find fun because it is a, it is a, a roller coaster and a marathon. And, and if there are fun aspects of what you're doing, uh, it makes it that much easier. And, and when you do achieve those highs, hopefully, um, it makes them even better. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and, and kind of plan accordingly. Have fun, Fire Nation. And while you're having fun, you know that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And do you know that you've been hanging out with BC and JLD today? Well, keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com and just type Bill or William in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been chatting about today. Best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And hey, when somebody like Bill gives his email address out and you want to say thank you or ask him a question or just reach out and say hi, take advantage, Fire Nation, William.collarin at gmail.com. And Bill, I just want to say thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Great. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Bill today. And if you are looking to turn website visitors into leads, and I hope you are, check out fireup.co. It is amazing. It is free. So what are you waiting for? I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Kick mediocre work performers to the curb with Organifi Green Juice. Visit Organifi.com and save 20% with promo code FIRE. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com, promo code FIRE.